That was a pretty epic drum roll, actually. I'll probably put a real one in. <laughs> All right, so let's just forget that. Ever Maybe not. I'm just going to leave that. All right, but you're going to cut everything else out, right? Yeah, I'll cut this out. With some, what was that? With some, 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 with Okay. I'm ready to go, baby. Feel good? Feel better? I can't hear you. My headphones are out because <laughs> I, I shook them off my head. They call him Ledut. Ledut? You keep calling him Larry. Yeah, dude, because if you look at the skeleton army, it's, just like, it's like Larry and his friends Harry and Mary and Derry. And you have pet names for these skeletons, though. Listen, man, I don't make up the names. I just read the tooltips. I don't know what you're talking about. Let's move on. Welcome to Cast Royale, the Clash Royale podcast for casual players. I'm Rob. And I'm Joe. And this week, we've got another round of balance changes, chest openings, a few pretty sweet decks, and more. Boom. Boom. That's a mouthful, man. I don't even know what I was saying after a while. Yeah, I can't even believe you said it after you wrote it, because that was a lot, of, uh, a lot of words on the page over here. I try my best to surprise people on a daily basis. I am always surprised, actually. <laughs> Always. Great start, uh, Yeah. So, so uh, welcome to episode 31. Three, one, boom. We are here, um, and we have, as Joe so succinctly put it, so much to talk about. Yeah, we do. Yeah. So, let's talk a little bit about what's been going on in the arena. So, tell me, sir. Because I, I, I went first last time. So, so, I would like for you to please my ears... And tell me how your week's been in the arena. I'm going to make your ears really upset. <laughs> Why is that? There's no, there's no pleasing going on right now. Are you ready? Really? Yeah, because I was over 4,000 and I'm currently sitting at like 3,700 mm. because I'm facing the same decks over and over and over again. Can I guess the decks? Of course. Okay. I'd be surprised if you couldn't figure it out, actually. Okay, so I'm going to go with one zap bait decks. Check. And two, Executioner, Giant, and like maybe a Lightning or Tornado decks. Triple, triple check. Triple check. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then also decks containing the uh, Electro Wizard. Um, and I'm still seeing Elite Barbarians all Are over you? the place. Yeah. And wait, hold on. And the Rise of the Royal Giant. Actually... So I would be in agreement with all of that, except I, fortunately, I haven't been, I haven't been facing that many zap bait decks, to be honest with you, um, hmm. which I'm very happy about, but the, the executioner giant decks are killing me. Um, and yeah, I, you know, I'd agree with you. Like, I honestly feel like the, the Royal giant has just become like a crazy prominent card again in the meta. It's, it's ridiculous. And it's making me really angry because everybody just overlevels him. So I'm always facing him at level 13. I always, you know, I think we like to hate on the Royal Giant, but to be honest <laughs> with you, the Royal Giant was the main reason why I got into the legendary arena when I got there. So I'm not going to hate on it. I'm going to respect the Royal Giant. I'm going to say boom, dab and move on. 
fine. You can respect it. It's just annoying. That's all. <laughs> no, I, I hear you. And for those of you who are interested, my cards, the commons are still all at level 11. My princess uh, is still level one. Um, Prince still at level five. I'm actually working on getting my fireball to level nine. Uh, and I can't get there fast enough. I'm about halfway through. That's big, man. 400, mm. 400 cards to level up a rare. It takes quite a long time. It does take a long time. It takes 100 requests, which is ridiculous. If you're in the legendary arena. Yep. Yeah, it's a lot, but it's totally worth it once you get there. I don't have any, I don't have any level nine rares yet, but I know once I get there, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, probably. How is your week going? My week's been going good, man. Like I said, I, I, I've been having some, some pretty decent, um, I don't know. Do you remember two weeks ago when I was talking about my week in the arena being very, very frustrating? It was like a deck testing experience week for me. Yes. So this time around, I found a deck that I love. It's a hog cycle deck, and it's actually going to be the one or one of the two decks that we spotlight a little bit later in the show. But at its core, it's a hog cycle deck, and it allowed me to climb back up to 4,000, above 4,000. I'm currently sitting at 4,061 trophies. So um, Ooh, that's awesome. Once the balance changes came out, I plummeted down, man. I was at like 35, 3,600, and um, I wasn't really liking it that much. But this deck seems to have clicked in the meta. It's working out pretty well, so I'm loving it. No, that's good. Um, and you actually got a new fancy pantsy card fancy pantsy card i got the lava hound dude finally 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 i got the lava hound i've been waiting for this card so i can use it in in tournaments now i have it but to be fair i haven't used it yet because i I literally just got it yesterday um super stoked about it can't wait to use it in a tear up or tear down some towers boom it's the boeing 747 of clash royale that's what they should call it it's just actually when it when it when it gets dropped on the battlefield just a boeing sound should just like just you talking about exactly but it would be much slower right it'd be like actually i guess it would make the same sound regardless of how quick it's going right well probably but it wouldn't be as high pitch mine was more like a tonka airplane well the, right right i like it <laughs> yeah. air tonka i like it yeah um so let's talk a little bit about this executioner Mm. so how do you feel about this card now that you've had time to play it face it um i'm assuming you bought it right because you didn't get it in the chest i got it in the chest the last time we did the the chest openings correct so so as soon as the card came out i got the special for the 400 gems to get the to get the cards from the shop Mm -hmm. bought it immediately because i had the gem saved and i gotta tell you man i feel like everything that we said about the card about how good it would be. It was all, I feel like it was all pretty spot on. You know, when the card was released, it, I mean, it almost immediately took over the entirety of the meta. Yep. Um, but to be honest with you, like, I love the card. Like, sure, it was a little bit overpowered, to be honest, but it, it's a really cool card. Well, it's unique. It's very different. So I would agree with you, uh, but there, there are definitely some aspects of it that, that I don't necessarily agree with. Like, the fact that it does a little stun when it hits things. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that? I have. And you know where I noticed it the most, actually? Where? Lava hounds. Hmm. So normally when you kill a lava hound, do you notice what happens to the pups? They kind of just like burst out into like a circle of pups, right? Yeah, it's, it's like the 4th of July. <laughs> exactly. 4th <Fourth, laughs> of Japups. So yeah. 
So it doesn't work like that when the executioner is killing Lava Hound. Because once the big Lava Hound dies, the little lava pups, they, they're still grouped up and they get stunned on the way out. And then the blade just comes back and it kills them. And it's just like, well, that doesn't seem right. Like even if I kill even if I kill the lava hound while it's frozen, the lava pups spurt out, but they're frozen. But they still spurt out. Yeah, and I think I think the thing that would annoy me if I was using him against a lava hound is he it's not like him facing a, a minion horde. If he just throws his axe one time at a minion horde, it hits them all and comes back. With a lava right. hound with the lava pups, it can only hit like two, maybe three at a time. It can't hit them all the time. Unless they're grouped up and stunned when he kills them, which is what's happening. Right. So if they fix that, then I totally agree with you, and there's no issues. But I just think this guy, he's, I think, I don't know what the cause of of it was, but, you know, you can just tell that certain cards when he's hitting, he does have, like, a little inadvertent stun effect. And I think you see it the most when you're dealing with a lava, a lava hound. But you know what's funny about the Executioner, man? It seriously made the Tornado such a viable card. I hate the Tornado. Uh, I, it's, driving me, it's driving me crazy. Should we call it Lognado again? No, that's a loving term. Right. We, we love the Lognado. We don't like the Tornado. <laughs> that's how it works. But yeah, man, the, the Tornado really, it made, a, it made a comeback. Oh, yeah. It's like the comeback kid of the century right now. No, it's a, it's a great card. It's just, you know, when someone drops it, it's like... I don't know. It's like a sneak attack. I'm just like, oh, rolling my eyes. I can't handle it. Yeah, man. Well, that's the thing, right? Like the tornado is such a surprise card and it can be used in so many ways. It's the Mm -hmm. kind of spell that can be used offensively or defensively. I mean, you can pull things into the middle tower, into your king tower and add an extra, in in theory, add another tower to your defense. Or you can keep things away from your offensive push. I mean, I never really realized how much versatility the card has. But once it became prominent in this meta, you're just like, you can basically manhandle cards as much as you want pull them in whatever direction you want let the executioner do the rest and you're done you are absolutely correct but i don't want to go too much into this card uh because we actually have some stuff to talk about uh which involves this card a little bit later you are right Mm -hmm. uh and this week we also had our battle ram challenge tell me your thoughts on the battle ram challenge man so so uh, I liked it at first, um, cause I won like the first two games. And first of all, the thing that I really liked was that you got one free entry. So that was easy peasy, uh, no brainer in my opinion. Um, but it was one of those challenges where it quickly kind of spiraled out of control to the point where I th- think since everyone knew that you were using the battle ram, it kind of made it really difficult to even use in a push because they would just pick things that would easily counter it. Like it was very obvious that the Electro Wizard would counter that card very well. And it turned into a meta all on itself where it was a giant and an Electro Wizard and there were a handful of other cards. But that was the general gist of all of the decks that I wound up playing. And it kind of got annoying because you couldn't even really play your your battle ram. So really, you were stuck playing seven cards instead of eight cards. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. And and I think those decks, those decks were like the decks that had the E-Wizard. Like we kind of said before, the E-Wizard, the, the Giant, the Lightning, um, maybe the Executioner. 
And then a lot of people were also using the tombstone in a bunch of decks because the tombstone directly counters mm, the mm-hmm. the battle ram, right? Because the battle ram is going to focus on the first building it sees, i.e. the tombstone. And then, oh, right. by the way, once the once it hits the tombstone, the I guess the big ram that's on top of the, the barbarians and the tombstone are both dead. But now <laughs> the the barbarians are now fighting little skeletons right? while they're being killed by towers. So, I mean, they're just not going to win. So you know what I found, actually? The, mm. I found that this challenge wound up being more about, like, like you said, every other card except for the Battle Ram. People were right. using seven cards, not using the Battle Ram, to just get a bunch of Battle Rams. Because <laughs> essentially, you just had to win five games to guarantee yourself to unlock the, the, the Battle Ram from the, from, the, from the reward that you get. Yeah, and I actually really liked that I didn't have to make it all the way to 12 wins to get that card, which we had to do for the Electro Wizard challenge, which I never got. You got, though. Totally agree. And, but, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting, too, right? Because I really, I really like the fact that Supercell decided that, one, they were going to give both Grand and Classic challenges the ability to get the Battle Ram card. Yes. Two, I like the fact that in both of those challenges, you had to win the same amount of games to guarantee yourself the card. Right. Now, sure, if you're in the grand challenge, five wins gets you a whole bunch of more cards. So chances are you're going to get more battle rams, right? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, they're not, they're not making it different in either, in either, call it flavor of style, right? Right. And the other thing to think about is that the, the last challenge where they did something like this like you said, was the Electro Wizard. But that was a legendary card. So to get a legendary card, I could kind of see having to get 12 wins. It's, it's a little bit more challenging. In theory, this is just a rare card, right? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I guess the thing that I really liked about it is it's something that I that was attainable. Um, not, not that it wasn't difficult for some people, but it was something that most people could try and get to. Um, and I really would love to see that happen more in the future. Uh, non-legendary cards where you don't have to win 12 games. Totally agree. And to be honest, it gives people incentive to play a different style of game. Like, it's not a tournament. It's not a regular challenge because you're incentivized to get something that you really want. Mm -hmm. You know, you could do that with epics, too. You could, I mean, they haven't yet, but you could. I'm sure they will. Right? And sure, if it's five wins to get to um, a rare guaranteed, maybe it's 10 wins to get to an epic if it's 12 to get to um, a legendary, right? Or eight. Sure, like somewhere in between. I mean, who, who, who knows the right number? I don't, but... Who's to say but Supercell? They'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, you're right. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, overall, I really, I really like this challenge. I love the fact... I like how they did it. I like how they structured it. Um, unfortunately, I didn't really like the kind of... The, the, the meta challenge deck that came out of it because at the end of the day, it was just like... Ugh, nobody's even using the battle ram. It was like a different feel of a challenge, you know? Yeah, and it kind of made it way more difficult to actually obtain the card, so. Yeah. Good thing it was only five wins. <laughs> yes. No, you're right. Um, so before we go into the other stuff, let's talk a little bit about uh, the new card that's coming out in, what, like a week and a half-ish? Yes, sir. So we're finally getting some goblins that are like three cost, and it kind of makes way more sense to use them as one card instead of two cards. Do you want to explain how this card works a little bit? Sure. So this card is called 
the Goblin Gang. But like Rob said, it's coming out in a little bit less than two weeks. So it's a three elixir cost card. And what it does is it technically drops six total goblins, three that are spear goblins and three that are melee or call it stab goblins, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so three melee and three ranged troops at the end of the day, all for three cost. Um, and if you think about it, the regular goblins cost two to give you three. Mm-hmm. So if you were to play both spear goblins and regular goblins in your deck and play them both out on the field, that would cost four. Mm-hmm. But now essentially you're getting the same exact benefit for literally one less cost. Right. And technically you are now freeing up a spot in your deck to fill it with another maybe useful card. Um, but one of the things that is worth pointing out, um, you know, regular goblins and spear goblins both serve different purposes so this card may not work with every deck that has both goblins and spear goblins because you might only specifically have let's say regular goblins as a distraction card might be something to throw off things that you don't want hitting the tower whereas you use your spear goblins to attack air units or support other things that are attacking the air units so this card might not be able to fill that role of combining the two cards but in most cases i would say it would yeah, no, and I, and I agree. I think every deck has its own, um, has its own little niche, right? But mm-hmm. what I do want to point out is the fact that I think a lot of people are automatically going to point to this card and be like, oh, it's an automatic, um, it's an automatic must-have in your deck. But yeah. in theory, that might be true. But if you think about it, automatically including this card in your deck would now increase the average elixir cost of your deck, right? Because now you're supplementing something that you used to have for two cost. And now you have it for three. Right, unless you're supplementing four elixir for three. But then you're going to be putting another card in. Right, but you don't know in, in you don't know what future Joe is going to put in for that card. That's all I'm saying. What if you replaced it with skeletons? Then it's the same. Well, that's true. But then you're just going to have a deck of little little guys that aren't going to be... <laughs> I mean, what do you... That's true. It's going to be a pretty mushy deck. Pretty squishy. But I mean, hey, you <laughs> never know. I guess my yeah. point is you're going to be dropping a three-cost card down that at the end of the day still dies to mostly dies to zap all of which dies to log all of which dies to arrows right yeah. people won't feel so bad when they fireball that anymore because in theory you're only losing one elixir as opposed to as opposed to two, two i guess right like if you, you would never try and fireball a regular goblins right right but now you might if it's a goblin gang because you know you're only losing one elixir yeah, that's true. And it's funny because you, you just said log. I think that this card screams log. Oh, this, for sure. This, yeah, this is, this, is a, this is a log magnet. Lognado, baby. <laughs> Boom. Yep. Uh-huh. We're bringing this thing back full circle. We are. Um, so in some news and clan updates, uh, <laughs> Joe, I, can't, I can't talk about this without laughing. Do you want to explain this a little bit? I don't really know how to even say it. I think you just, it's like a Band-Aid, man. Just rip it off. Okay, so we're just going to rip the Band-Aid off. Somehow, some way, Rob and I have completely lost control of our ability <laughs> to maintain the population <laughs> of podcast listeners <laughs> that listen to our show. Yes. And what seems to have happened is there are a lot of people that want to join the Cast Royale clans. However, we only have two, <laughs> and the spots are pretty limited, seeing as there's only 50 in each clan, right? Right. So... I think it was about a month ago, someone created Cast Royale 3, and they tagged it as a quote-unquote unofficial, official podcast clan, right? Mosh posh of stuff, yeah. <laughs> Correct. It was, it was great. So we, Rob and I look this week, and we notice that there is now a 
Cast Royale 4 out there. <laughs> because Cast Royale 3 filled up, so someone was just like, you know what? Nah, I'll just make another one. So yeah, I guess to, to just sum this up, we now have a Cast Royale 4. If you guys are looking to join a community that isn't part of the first two clans, but is part of the podcast community that listens and wants to grow and learn and get better together, check out Cast Royale 4. And seemingly, since we've lost control, once that fills up, feel free to have five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever it is that you want to do. Just I think the one thing that we ask, Rob, is that people just try and keep the the sequence in order, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, definitely keep the sequence in order. Um, you know, we don't want one, two, three, four, and then nine, uh, just because that looks weird. And Joe and I are a little OCD, so just just ease our souls a little bit. Um, and then also just do your best to kind of, I'm going to say mimic uh, what the other clans wrote in their description. All of them describe themselves as unofficial clans, so that's pretty cool. Um, and we never asked them to, they just kind of did yep. that. And they use the same clan icon, which, you know, stick with the branding people. We love it. <laughs> That's right. But, um, you know, what's pretty cool, Rob, I, we didn't talk about this yet, but would be, what would be pretty cool is if we could like visit some of these other clans for like a day or so every so often. I would love to do that. Right. Like, it'd be cool to see the other members of the community where we wouldn't know where they're coming from otherwise. Right. Yes. Uh, the only problem is when we leave, it's very difficult for us to get back into our clan and it puts a lot of stress on the people that are in charge of the clan while we're gone because they have to reject everybody. Uh, right. But right. sometimes you got to sacrifice. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, so, yeah, we'll we'll figure that out. Um, and I don't I don't know if they're the the leaders of that clan are in our discord. But if if they're not, please join and get in contact with us. We'd love to talk to you. Boom. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that. Um, we also had a TNT, which I did not take part in because uh, I was really busy. Um, but the theme was Death from Above, which was the most epic name I think you could give a TNT. That's right. Uh, and it was all it, the 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 theme was that all decks must include Zap, Fireball, Rocket, and Arrows, which was pretty cool. Yeah, no, it was really cool to be honest. Like. A deck with four spells when you knew that everybody had the same spells <laughs> um, was really awesome. So, as always, thank you for the TNTs. Huge shout out to Dexology uh, in Cast Royale, your clan. And, um, you know, super fun. I think 45 or 50 people joined. Everybody was following the, following the theme, and it was just a blast. So, couldn't, couldn't thank you enough, Dex. Yeah, it also, it also makes it really difficult because half the deck is spells. Right, so if your starting hand <laughs> is all four of those cards, you're like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to rock it just because what else am I going to yeah, do? <laughs> just throw a fireball, like, why not, right? <laughs> oh, it's great. Yep. Um, so in case anybody has been following us on Twitter, uh, we, Joe and I have been doing a little rebranding uh, of our Twitter account. Rebranding! Um, we're trying really hard to get verified. Uh, apparently, that's like a big thing. We want that little checkmark badge um, just because it you know, looks official. And we're all about official things uh so uh way to be rob i hope we yeah well we really hope you like the new branding um and joe and i have been way more active on there too so uh if you haven't already followed us on twitter make sure you follow us at podcast royale that's right and on top of that rob do it you gotta say it it's good this is this is the news people if you don't listen to anything else for the rest of the episode You'll be fine because this is what you've been waiting for. Really? No, maybe not. This is what we've been waiting for. Yeah, this is this is certainly what we've been waiting for. 
Uh-huh. Ladies and gentlemen, it took almost a full year. Almost. However, we have officially been followed back by Clash Royale on Twitter. Boom! Boom! The verified Clash Royale account. I'm booming all over the place right now. I'm dabbing. I'm booming. Smile ear to ear, man. How excited were you? Dude, I'm telling you, when I, I almost had a heart attack. It was like meeting my favorite celebrity at a concert or at a meet and greet or any of the things that involve someone getting starstruck. That's what happened to me. Right? Me too. Like, I was just yes. like, what, I, I couldn't believe it was happening. Like, it was so, it, honestly, I think the best way I can describe it, dude, was it was just a truly humbling experience for me. Like, it, I feel like we just, we try our best to put a lot of work and effort into this thing. And it took a year of hard work and all of a sudden out of nowhere, boom, follow back, swag, dab, and move on. Well, the thing, the thing that made me really excited is that we got a DM from them and they told us that they love our podcast and they gave us an emoji, you know, arms up like, dude, I, I almost fell on the floor when I saw it. I was just like, I feel like a little kid. I am. I, I, I feel me too, (laughs) but I'm like, I'm like a little kid in a candy store right now. I'm like on cloud nine. Can't be more thankful for everybody who supported us throughout this, this year long journey. I feel like. You know, I feel like we're just getting started, to be honest with you. It's, <laughs> it's, it's wild. It really is. And, and yeah. it was just, like I said, it's a truly, truly humbling experience. And um, we just wanted to share it with everybody. So, boom. Yes, definitely. Um, and also, uh, we have, speaking of, you know, almost a year, we have our one-year anniversary coming up. Our birthday episode is going to be hitting in a couple weeks. Are you excited? I am excited. I'm like... I don't really, I don't really know where the year went. You know what I mean? It's behind you, man. It's behind you. Just turn around. Clearly (laughs) in the past. That's right. (laughs) But I feel like, I feel like it was just yesterday that I didn't have a microphone. I just had some (laughs) Apple headphones and I was like, Hey guys, I'm the boom man. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Rob's brother. My favorite card is the baby dragon. (laughs) Oh man. Remember when you were like, (laughs) Oh man. I mean, most people won't even know what that is unless they go back and listen to episodes, but that's, I think that's like the first or second episode, like the second or third episode. Oh yeah, you're, you're like, right. You were like baby dragon. Oh yeah. That's like throwback, man. <laughs> yeah. That's our TBT. So, uh, we don't want to go into too much detail cause we're working it out. Um, but we may have a nice surprise for everybody on our specific birthday episode. So It's definitely something that you don't want to miss, uh, and we're probably going to be having a lot of fun with it. And we'll talk more as the weeks progress, um, and as episodes roll out, we'll, you know, and it gets more finite, we'll divulge a little bit more information. We don't want to jinx it. Boom. So get excited, people. It's the one-year anniversary of Cast Royale. (laughs) (laughs) Boom. It's a movement, uh, a positive, happy movement in the arena. A positive, happy movement in the arena. I'm not really sure what that means, but I'm in. I'm totally in. It's all rainbows, butterflies, and sunshine, man. That's all that matters. Double boom. Mm-hmm. So, hot off the press, we have balance changes. Balance changes! We have a handful of things uh, being switched around on us over here. Yes, sir. So you want to just dive right in? Yeah, absolutely. Because the first card that we want to talk about is the card that we love so much recently, The <laughs> Executioner. 
Love which, it. Yeah, which, uh, you know, fortunately or unfortunately is receiving a decrease in damage by 6%. Uh, its range is going to 4.5 from 5 tiles. Um, and then its axe hit radius is also being decreased by 10%. So they are definitely toning this guy down. Yeah, man. And I think, I think this is certainly necessary, <laughs> right? Yes. Like yes. I didn't, I wasn't like really question mark. I was like, definitely, definitely exclamation mark. <laughs> yes. And I mean, they, they even write in the description that the executioner's power level is clearly too high. Correct. And, yeah. and I think that the, the gamut of these three changes together are really going to reduce the impact that this card has. Right. Mm hmm. So 6% might seem like a lot, but it, it could even seem like a, even more, right? For a card that attacks both forward and backwards, it yes. just gives the feel of even more reduction. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, I, and I do like the fact that his range is getting decreased. It, it'll give him less opportunity to be further away. And, and I, to be honest with you, man, I feel like the biggest thing with this card is that it, it seriously reduces your ability to place troops wherever you want. Yes. And so... The shorter that he is from his target, the more room you have to do what you must. Yeah, no, I agree. And I actually really like that they went ahead and, and made changes to like, you know, his actual way of attacking um, as opposed to like messing around with his hit points because he's a, he's a tanky unit and you need him to be a tanky unit. And I think that that's really important. And I love that they didn't change that. So the next one brings back the poison yeah it does so so for this one the duration is now being reduced from 10 seconds to eight seconds however the damage per second is being increased by 24 percent 24 percent that's an astronomical amount of damage so it is an astronomical amount of damage right but when you reduce the length of time that it's doing damage over time for increasing its damage actually just makes it pretty much do the same amount of damage it used to do just over a shorter period of time yeah no you're right i'm just i I don't know man i'm just not looking forward to goizen making a comeback i don't know if goizen will make a comeback man because i feel like goizen was really popular simply because the poison had a slow effect maybe but if you combine goizen with the executioner then what Oh, you just resort to playing C and cry. Then you have a pro- then you have a big problem. That's right. <laughs> no, but then seriously, you got a big problem on your hands. Um, but I do like this change. I think that right now the fireball is just like the automatic go-to for cost spell. Um, and sure, you could make an argument that the freeze is another four cost spell, but to be honest, it does absolutely nothing even close to what the fireball does. They serve completely different purposes, right? Well, right. One one is a one is a control spell and the other two are damage inducing spells. Correct. And I think that this change allows more opportunity to do damage in a quicker portion of time. The biggest thing mm-hmm. with the poison is that because it did damage over 10 seconds and no longer had it slow, troops could get out of its range and it didn't necessarily deal all of its damage to them. Uh, unless obviously it was dealing it to a tower. Right. So why choose that when you can simply choose the fireball? It's more guaranteed. Um, but I think this change now will make it a lot more viable, which is pretty, pretty interesting. I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what this does to the meta. I'm really excited to see this used against Skeleton Army and Graveyard because, 
those skeletons are going to be in the ground again. Oh, so wait, does it kill it now in one tick instead of... Because the, the old poison used to kill skeletons in two ticks. This is one. Really? Mm-hmm. Boom. Boom. That's big, man. Yep. Um... So you want to tell us what's coming down the pike for the next card? Sure. So, so the next one is the witch. And the witch is getting a small damage increase by 6%. How do you feel? I love this card. I don't use it often. Um, not because it's weak. I just, it doesn't really fit my play style right now. Sure. Um, but I do feel that it's a card that can benefit from having this small boost. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think this card as a as a damage dealing troop really attacks very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I think we've said this once before, but a small damage increase for a card that attacks very quickly can really go a long way, especially if that troop stays on the battlefield for a long period of time. Right. And if you think about it, most of the time you're using a witch with a giant. Right. Or something big and tanky, because the witch is just tremendously good at supporting other troops. Um, and so if she's staying on the battlefield longer and dishing out a bunch of damage, she's really going to be uh, Im- impactful, I think. So again, this is another one that I'm excited to see how it, it re- kind of re-enters her into the, into the meta. Yeah, this, this one's going to be, uh, this was going to be pretty exciting, I think. Um, and then the next one that we had is... <laughs> Wow, is a big change coming down for the P.E.K.K.A., the regular P.E.K.K.A. So P.E.K.K.A. is an interesting card because it's one of the few cards that has a deploy time of three seconds, and they just reduced that to one. How do you feel about that? You know, I don't know how I feel about it. Like, I I kind of have mixed feelings on this one. I feel like it's obviously going to make more people play P.E.K.K.A., right? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, innately, more people are just going to jump to playing Pekka because there's less opportunity cost when you play her. Um, I think the biggest thing with Pekka is that if somebody does a really quick push, you can't answer with a Pekka because she takes too long to get deployed and therefore you're already getting damage taken, right? Right. Now that doesn't happen anymore. (laughs) Um, I guess my whole thing is I've always, whenever I've used Pekka, I've used the three seconds to build up my push from the back. I didn't mm-hmm. use the card as a reactive defensive unit. I used other cards for that purpose. And what I did was I ensured that I had enough elixir because I deployed her in the back. She deployed after three seconds and it gave me enough time to gain elixir so I could develop a push. Hmm. This is going to give you slightly, not, not substantial, not substantially less time, but this is going to give you some a shorter amount of time to develop your push, right? Well, do, do, we know, do we know what the ratio is for seconds of which elixir generates? I think it's a little less than, than three seconds you get one elixir. Hmm. Before, before, like, before like one minute left to go in overtime. Hmm. Okay, so then you're right. I think that this will make it a little bit more difficult to build a push because if you're using the P.E.K.K.A. like that, you can't wait anymore. Right. And you so can't it- build that elixir. So in theory, you get one less total elixir than you would have previously, right? Which is pretty big when P.E.K.K.A. costs seven. Totally agree. So I'd expect to see P.E.K.K.A. played a lot more with elixir collectors. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I think that's another good thing, right? Because like a lot of people aren't really using elixir collectors right now. So um, I, think this, I think these changes are kind of driving different cards to be used more, which is pretty, I think that's what the game needs. Mm-hmm. 
And then the next card that is being tackled here is the Dark Prince, and his hit points are being increased by 5%. So, I personally am not sure how I feel about this one. I thought I liked it when I first read it. Now I'm not so sure. So I think I'm the opposite. Like, I think I didn't like it at at first, but then I liked it a lot. Well, sway me. You know me. I'm easily persuaded. (laughs) So, I don't know. I just feel like the Dark Prince is just, it's not really used a lot because it's not, you're not getting the value that you need out of it. Hmm. Um, I feel like it's too easily countered. And sure, 5% increase in hit points is, you know, call it a little bump. But to be honest, I think it might even need a little bit more to be viable. Um, but again, I, I haven't deck tested it, so I don't know yet. But I think at the end of the day, you're going to find that this is really going to help the Dark Prince. And this is certainly the right direction. It, leaving it alone would have been undervaluing the card. And I'm, I was really, really happy after I really thought about this change. Yeah, well, this is definitely going to make Dark Prince Rises rise once again. Rise again. Boom. Mm hmm. So, yeah, the the uh, the next change is to our baby dragon who got a range increase, which is fantastic from three tiles to three point five. I actually think they gave the uh, the point five range from the executioner to this this thing. I'm sure that's what was going through their minds, actually. Mm hmm. But I like this change, um, man. How do you feel about it? No, I, I agree with the logic here. I think that it's a card that doesn't necessarily see a lot of play. Um, even though I don't necessarily agree with that logic very often, um, I think that it's appropriate here because I really don't see that card too much at all anymore. And it is a really tanky, really strong card, especially at the higher levels. Um, and I think the, the range here is definitely going to help. Very well said. And I think the only thing I'll add is that some people might think that changing the range isn't really that impactful. But to be honest with you, going from 3 to 3.5 allows the baby dragon to attack the tower at a quicker rate because it doesn't have to travel as far to start attacking it. Right. And if you remember the last balance change that they did to this card, they made its initial attack happen quicker. So huh. you, start, you start seeing all these little things add up and the card starts to do a lot of damage over time. So it's what we call the snowball effect. Boom. So, uh, yeah, no, I think this is a I think this is a really cool change. I'm excited to see it. As I said in the second episode or first episode, maybe this is my favorite card in the game. I <laughs> other than the Hall Rider and I will love it forever. So when this thing gets buffed, I'm, I'm in Joe's Joe's all about this baby dragon buff right now. That's right. Mm hmm. So I'm going to let you talk about the last two changes together because they kind of go hand in hand and you were. You were very excited when you saw that this happened because you have a special relationship with these cards. You love that one skeleton that loves to bounce back and forth. Oh, that's right. Between that's right. these two groups. So, so the last two changes involve the skeletons <laughs> and the skeleton army. And the change was as simple as this. Supercell basically took one skeleton from the skeleton army. They took out Larry and they gave Larry back to the regular skeletons. <laughs> So now the skeleton army goes from 16 skeletons to 15 and the regular skeletons go from three to four. So Larry has returned. He has returned back to his original home with his original family members. And the best part about it is it ensures that the skeletal equilibrium that exists within this game, when they take one skeleton away from one, they add it to another. It has not been broken yet, guys. 
I think that's, I think really that is my favorite thing that they've ever written underneath any car change. Skeletal equilibrium. I just smiled when I saw it. I mean, it's, it sounds like something that you want to be like taking vitamins for, you know, like, you know, you gotta, you gotta boost up that skeletal equilibrium. <laughs> <laughs> totally agree. Yeah. So it's time for our grades. Cause we didn't give grades to the last balance change. And oh, I that's think right. we kind of we messed up there. So obviously by, by itself, how do you feel about this one? I think, I think overall I dig the changes, man. And I didn't go through and say to any of them. Man, I don't, I don't really get what they're trying to do here. This one doesn't make sense to me. In fact, I went through all of them and I was like, this makes too much sense. Or I was like, I'm really excited to see how this impacts the meta. I'm giving this one a solid A. Boom. Joe is like, Joe went through the list and was like, yep, yep, yep. Rob's going to hate that. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Rob's not going to like that. Yep. And as you hate them, I like them more. So this is almost uh, an A plus for me. It's fine. Wait, so you said A? I went with an A. Okay. So solid 95. That's good. That's good. Um, I, you know, I, I, I'd actually have to agree with you. I'm going to really? give it an A as well. Yeah, I am. I do. I really feel like they're working really hard on making these changes um, useful, uh, current, necessary. All these things that need to happen, like we were saying, the snowball effect. When you start to look at the big picture and you see all the little things that they've been doing, they really do add up to... I don't want to say a completely different experience, but they're kind of molding a different experience in the game. Um, and, you know, to be fair, you can make a mistake when you balance a card. It happens. We've seen it happen. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And if you look at the changes, it's very small tweaks to a bunch of cards. Mm-hmm. And the only one that they're really targeting is the executioner. And yes. who would disagree with that, right? It, it makes too much sense. So um, Yeah, this, this one almost made as much sense as, you know, uh, nerfing the e-barbs. Totally agree. So, yep. so yeah, I think, I think the small changes over time really, really, really benefit the game. So that pretty much wraps up those changes. We both have some chests to open. Chest openings. I love this. This I is literally like your favorite thing. Because I totally missed the boat last time and I felt terrible because I had like a little old silver chest to open and you had all these awesome chests. Oh yeah. Remember? So I this did. time around, I made sure I didn't miss the memo. All right. <laughs> you got, you got my email. I got your email this time. Rob. All right. Good. Uh, so we got some good ones. Who would you like to go first? Is it still me? Am I still doing it? Little brother never leads, man. Oh man. I'm that's going to be on a t-shirt soon. <laughs> <laughs> one day, Rob, one day. One day. One day I'm going to make it big and just put that on the t-shirt. All right, so let's start with our gold chests. Yes? Let's do it. All right, so I have two of those. Let's do my gold chest number one. 227 gold. Okay. Eight bombers. Mm. All right. 11 minions. Okay. 15 archers. Decent. And four musketeers. That's a very good card in the current meta. Yes, I agree. And gold chest number two. 229 gold, so a little bit better. Boom. (laughs) 13 barbarians. I'll take it. I will take it. Two mega minions. Two furnaces. Loving it. (laughs) And... Again, 21 bombers. Eh, 
Maybe maybe they're going to call you the Mad Bomber soon. Maybe this is a hint to start maybe. using this card. So how many have you gotten so far? Bombers? Oh, I don't know. I can't keep track now. 29? Was it 4 plus 20? 4 plus 25? 20-something. 20 26. Let's go with... <laughs> 25. We're landing on... I don't know. 20-something or another. It's less than 30. It's less than 30. Correct. <laughs> Greater than 20, less than 30, boom. Right. <laughs> All right. All right, so do your gold chests. All right, gold chests number one. I've got two of them. 205 gold, mm. five minion horde, All one right. furnace, Ooh. three ice golems, and Good. 29 barbarians. Ooh. That's not a bad chest, man. I would have liked that chest more than what I got. <laughs> right. So I'm working on barbarians. Gold chest number two. 241 gold. All right, that's better. Six ice spirits. Eh. You ready for this? I don't know. You sound, you sound, I can't tell if you're excited or upset. 13 bombers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. 15 elite barbarians and four hey. mini pekkas. So, that's not super good. good, but the first chest is better for sure. All right, well, I mean, whatever, man. Beggars can't be choosers, right? <laughs> Guess so you're right, they Rob. Say. So they say. Um, all right, I'm going to do my crown chest. Crown chest. Mm-hmm. 547 gold. That's big, man. Three gems. Okay. 27 spear goblins. Ooh. That'd be good if I was still using the spear goblins in my purple flame deck. Correct. Mm-hmm. 40 zaps. Well... That's a lot of zaps. And I still use the zap, so yeah. Eight battle rams. Really? Yeah. That's so, awesome. Uh-huh. I'll take that. And one mirror. Very good. That's an epic. Nice. That was a good chest. That's a very good chest. Uh-huh. Okay, so my crown chest. C-c-c-crown chest. 606 gold. <laughs> that was way better than mine. <laughs> Two gems. Okay. Four bombers, of course. Wow. We're like at 40, I think. <laughs> Two goblin huts. Eh. Five dart goblins. Hey. And 65 minion horde. Ooh, that's good. That is pretty good, man. That my, was good. My minion hordes are at 11 right now. I'm, I'm trying to get them to level 12, and yeah. that was a bump. Yeah, it's hard. it's it's tough to get them to twelve. It's it tough is. to get any common at twelve. Well, that's right, because you need two thousand of them. Mm-hmm. So we saved our clan chests for a long time to open them. Right now, you ready? Yeah, we did. All right, so here we go. One thousand six hundred and twenty gold. Boom. Yeah, super fly. One battle ram. Okay. 12 bombers. Of course. We're at like 50 now. It's ridiculous. 23 fire spirits. Okay. 89 cannons. That's not bad. That's yeah, pretty good, actually. I love I the mean, cannon. I mean, if I was using your rinse and repeat deck, that's actually pretty good. Correct. But I can get my cannon to level 11 now, so that's good. Boom. Mm-hmm. 116 barbarians. Boom. Boom. Do you still use barbarians? Yes, of course. What level are they? 11. Oh, 
How close are you to 12? Very far away. Great. Much closer now, though. <laughs> um, 26 dark goblins. That's big. Yeah. Are you ready? Last ready. one. Ready. Here we go. Three witches. Boom. And it's getting buffed, man. That's uh -huh. awesome. Uh-huh. Dude, that was a really good chest. I am very happy with that one. Okay, so my clan chest. Uh, and both of these, by the way, both of our clan chests were 10 of 10, correct? Yes. Okay. Definitely. 1,620 gold. 19 fire spirits. All right. 36 minion hordes. So I'm really stacking up the minion horde. Man, they want you to fly. I know. 71 mortars. Now, normally I would say bad things about mortars, <laughs> but I'm going to hold off. <laughs> yeah, you'll understand why in a minute. That's right. 13 battle rams. Hey. 14 wizards. Woo. 114 cannons. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. And three rage. Hey. That's pretty good. I don't mind. the. I mean, I don't really use the rage all that often, but... I've got enough where I could now. <laughs> yeah, the rage is just one of those cards, man. You don't you don't want to see it ever, and then when you see it, man, is it devastating. Totally agree. Do you have any other chests? Mm. I do. I got a big dog. Oh, I've got a big dog too. What kind of big dog do you have? I have a giant chest. Very good. I've got a magical. Boom. Ooh. All right. So I guess I'll go because your chest is definitely going to be better than mine. Deal. But different, I guess. So... Giant chest. 1,899 gold. Awesome. <laughs> 13 rockets. 18 battle rams. Loving the battle rams, yeah, man. They are really pushing this on me right now. <laughs> and 273. Skeletons. <laughs> you're getting a lot of Larrys and you're... <laughs> oh, man. Not a bad chest, if I have to say. Nah, it's a really good chest. I mean, you got how many Larrys? 200 and something Larrys? 200 something, yeah. I mean, you're going to be raising the dead with that thing. That's me, man. The walking dead. <laughs> Boom. All right, so magical chest. Final, final chest. Boom. Boom. So 591 gold. Okay. Nine bombers, of course. So I think we're at like of 65 course. of them now. Yeah. Three elixir collectors. 28 minion horde. <laughs> Again, of course. Yeah. 51 skeletons. So I'm getting Larry back in my party too. All right, too. all right, all right. Nine barbarian huts, which I'm not a big fan of, but but they're good. Nah. 11 three musketeers. And three pekkas. Whoa! With the new change, this is going to be awesome, dude. Boom. Super excited. Boom. Those are pretty good that, chests, man. Overall, that, that was pretty good. Those were good chests. We got way too heavy on the bombers, I think. Yeah. Um, but overall, a lot of battle rams, a lot of minions. And I got, a, I got a mirror, you got a rage, you got some pekkas. It's a good night. Boom. All right. So the moment you and I have been waiting for, let's go on to our... Deck Spotlight. Deck Spotlight. Yes, and we have two decks coming at you from the Boom Man himself. Um, and the first one is a deck that he's actually been playing with for quite some time now, huh? 
Yeah, that's right. So, so the first one is called Easy Bake Oven. It's great. And- <laughs> it's great. It's great. Easy Bake Oven. It's got an average elixir cost of 3.0. So it's a pretty quick deck. Um, and as I mentioned earlier in the episode, it is a hog cycle deck. And the reason why it's the Easy Bake Oven is because it includes <laughs> the furnace, the hog rider, ice golem, ice spirit, musketeer, minions, log, and fireball. So I gotta, I gotta be honest with you. This is a deck that I would be extremely angry facing, uh, just because it has both the log and the furnace, and then the Punisher, the Hog Rider. So I need you to explain to me how this works, because I see the cycle part of it, but you have a lot of other cards in there that I don't really understand how they interact with each other. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a really good point. And to be honest with you, this deck is not created by me. It's actually a deck that I found from a guy named Lau Winning. He's in Cast Royale 2. Um, I saw the deck. I saw that it had the Furnace, which is seemingly pretty strong right now. And it's my kind of deck, right? I love Hog Cycles. So for defense, you're simply going to want to use your Furnace and your Musketeer. For the start of the game, you're going to want to get your Furnace down on the map somewhere in the middle in front of your King Tower. Uh, slightly above where your archer towers would be. That way you can defend against something like a giant, a golem push, or even a hog rider push. Um, At the end of the day, having the furnace established allows you to pump out your easy-bake oven fire spirits (laughs) and really allows them to start putting some pressure on the map. It kind of forces your opponent to do something. Right. Once your opponent reacts, he's likely going to go down the path that your fire spirits are going down. At that point, you're going to want to drop your musketeer all the way in the back corner. That way, you have fire spirits and a musketeer going down one lane against whatever he's thrown down. At that point, you're kind of just waiting. You're on standby. Because at the end of the day, you just want your musketeer to stay alive. And how you do that is you supplement him with your ice golem. So you'll drop the ice golem down somewhere around the river right before your opponent's troops are going to target your musketeer. This will allow your musketeer to do the heavy damage and kill that troop and then you're, you're basically free sailing from there. That's when you start your hog cycle. Now, the best way to do the hog cycle is to drop the ice spirit and the hog rider right at the corner of the, of the river. Okay. And what this does is it allows the hog rider to jump over the river, avoid any distraction buildings, and go right towards the tower. So that's very specific, too. You have to put the hog as close to the edge of the board as you can, and then the ice spirit on the next tile over in order for that to work as often as it should work, right? Well, actually, I do it a little bit differently. So what I do is okay. I, drop the, I drop the ice spirit first. Mm-hmm. And literally, almost immediately after I drop the ice spirit down at mm-hmm. the very edge of the river on the corner of the map, right. I drop the hog rider directly on top of it. And what it does is it causes the, the ice spirit to get pushed back, and it causes the hog rider to jump over the river because he's now closer to the river. Interesting. Cool. So it's a really cool way to do it. And a lot of people um, I've seen on like YouTube and, and, and Twitch, they do that. And I was like, how do they always get their hog rider to jump over the river? And that's an easy way to do it. Yeah, that's, uh, that's fantastic. And I, I really like how fast this deck is. And like I said before, I'm, and I'm still sticking with that opinion, this would make me so mad if I was facing it in the arena. Yeah, man, it, 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 it's really frustrating, right? Because the fireball and the log are good on both offense and defense. So it's not like you need to have the fireball to facilitate the offensive push because you've got the log. It pushes everything out of the way for your hog rider anyway. Right. Um, 
And I mentioned before that your best combination for call it hog cycle is the hog rider and the ice spirit. But to be honest, if you just have the hog rider, you can use the hog rider in a fireball or a hog rider in the, in the log. Um, there's a lot of different combinations with this deck that, that allow it to work. The hog log? Hog log. I mean, as long as you have the furnace set up and established, you don't even need your ice spirit because you can just do a push with a hog rider and two fire spirits that are trailing behind it. It's a, it's a very viable option. Um, hmm. But here's, the, here's the, the kicker. I haven't mentioned one card yet, and that's the minions. The minions are not an offensive card. In fact, they're very defensive in this deck. They should be used sparingly, and they should be used only when you think that they're not going to die. Because um, if you drop them down and they die, you're, you're really wasting a lot of damage and three elixir at the end of the day. Um, so with this card, you're going to want to place them in such a way that they deal as much damage as possible on defense. That way, when you're going on your offensive push and you're going on that counter push, you can do a hog cycle push with those and maybe a musketeer. And at the end of the day, you just say good luck to your opponent because try, try dealing with all of that coming your way plus a fireball. I mean, it's, it's almost impossible. I'm already resorting to plan C, good sir. <laughs> Ebo cry face, boom. Uh-huh. I mean, sure, this deck has a lot of counters, so it doesn't win against everything. It does very well against executioner decks it does very well against royal giant decks it does very well against regular giant decks um but it doesn't do so well against lava hound decks and it doesn't also do so well against um uh, against graveyard decks so two things to watch out for but otherwise it's a pretty viable option good to know all right so the next deck that we have was actually given to us um and i think it's appropriate that we actually pull something from another section of the show before we go into the deck so this deck was actually given to us by a review on itunes that we got so we're just going to read that review now instead of doing it during the review section because we don't want to be redundant so this one comes to us from the united kingdom uh from coops 361 and he writes best clash royale pod Great podcast helps to keep the game interesting and the guys deliver all the news in the game in a fun and humorous way. Keep up the good work. After the last episode, I feel the need to share my deck with you, especially as you clearly underrate the mortar. (laughs) Uh, I'm playing this magic mortar deck around the 3900 mark and I've been using it with some changes since 2500 so now before we go into the deck i would like everybody to know that we called this deck mortar solidarity mortar solidarity baby so then the cards are the mortar obviously fire spirits the log furnace the knight minions lightning and the skeleton army hope this helps end your mortar discrimination boom Boom. We got, a, we got a chance to take this deck for a spin. Yeah, we did. And after the last episode, we really didn't give the Mortar very much love. And so we had to take up this challenge. So, of course, we took this deck for a spin, like Rob, like you put it. And, dude, I was so surprised at how much fun this deck was to play. Yes. And I think part of the key that I've been noticing, at least with messing around with it, you can't really do it unless your mortar is pretty well leveled. That's right. And I tried this deck and my cards are pretty much all under leveled. Everything is a level nine or so equivalent common. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I was I was keeping up at the, like the, the 3700, 3600 trophy range. So right. with severely under leveled cards for the levels 
like for the trophy count that I was at, I didn't really drop down to what I thought I was going to drop down to. So it was pretty cool to see. Um, but this deck is something that you know, if you're not used to like a building type deck, like an expo or a mortar deck, this is not the kind of deck that you're familiar with. It's a really different style of play. Right. Well, it doesn't work well with me whatsoever. Um, and my mortar is not high enough. Um, so I, I want to say it took me a long time to figure it out, but to be honest, I never figured it out. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, hopefully I can give you some light, but I, I to be honest, I don't Teach know me, how, bro. I don't know how well I was playing the deck, but it was working for as much as it could. So the, the way that I played it is to basically establish the furnace first. And if you can do that and establish the furnace, it, again, it, just like the other deck, furnace's job is to put pressure on a lane. Um, but then again, it's also to support whatever else you're putting down that lane. So once you have the furnace established, you're going to want to try and set up your knight because your knight is the tanky troop that's going to soak up damage mm. in front of your mortar. So after you drop your furnace down and you establish that in the middle of the map, you're going to want to drop your knight towards the back of the map. And what you're going to want to do is as your knight gets closer and closer to the river, you're going to want to drop your mortar in front of the river so that it's in range of your opponent's archer tower. And what this does is it allows your mortar to deploy because it takes quite some time for your, your mortar to deploy. And mm -hmm. it gives your knight time to get in front of it. Right. And the cool thing about the knight being in front of it is that the knight's a pretty tanky unit. And yes. it can soak up a lot of damage in front of the mortar. So whatever your opponent drops down to try and kill your mortar, well, they have to first go through your knight. And then on top of that, you have your log queued up. You have your fire spirits queued up. You've got your skeleton army queued up. You can queue up your minions. At this point, it becomes protect the mortar. Keep the mortar alive. Keep distracting whatever it is that's in front of, that's in front of it. <laughs> Sounds like a board game. Protect yeah, the seriously. mortar. You're, you're, you're seriously trying to just like play checkmate with a mortar. Yeah. Um, and effectively, it, it becomes rinse and repeat at that point. Now, here's the, here's the kicker. This deck has the lightning. And the lightning is super important. Because a lot of times what your opponents will do is you'll, they'll notice that you have a mortar. And so what they'll do is they'll start dropping a tanky troop towards the middle of the map or a tanky building in the middle of the map. That way your right. mortar targets that. Now here's the key. If you notice your opponent's doing that, your job is not to drop down a bunch of little troops in front of your mortar anymore. Instead, it's to hold on to those cards and just get ready to drop the lightning to kill any distraction buildings or tanky troops that are in your mortar's way. That'll really facilitate getting your mortar to lock onto the tower. And at the end of the day, if you can get three or so shots off on the tower each time, you're probably going to win the game. Yeah, and then I would also add to that that, um, you know, the lightning is really powerful and very good if the mortar isn't getting the tower down to actually being destroyed. So you have your kind of Hail Mary card at the end if it's like a very close match. Um, because let's face it, when you're facing mortar decks and you're not playing with one, they're very difficult to deal with. They're very hard to get across onto your opponent's uh, side of the map. So it's a constant tug of war. Um, and your mortar might not do the full damage to destroy their tower. So you always have that, you know, like I said, Hail Mary card, the lightning yeah. to take it out. Totally agree. It's like having a, it's like having an ace up your sleeve, right? If, if you can, yes. if you can save this card to facilitate the push for your mortar to lock onto the tower. Or if you can save it till the end of the game to just to, to give yourself the W, 
by all means. Yeah, the the uh, the best mortar lightning decks that I've seen, you don't even know that there's a lightning in the deck until the very end. Yep, now, and that's a good point. But obviously, sometimes you're going to be using the the lightning a lot more than normal. Um, but it all depends on what you're facing. If your opponent has a musketeer and a mega minion that they're constantly dropping behind their tower, right? <laughs> then queue up the lightning and just let it ride. Because at the end of the day, you're getting a, you're getting the benefit out of that trade. Nope, I completely agree. So good decks, man. Thank you very much. So Lao winning, appreciate it. And Coops, thank you so much for the decks. Super cool. And we highly recommend these for anybody that wants to give them a swing. Boom. Definitely. Um, so let's go into our reviews. We had three, but we read one. So simple math. We have two left. Two left. Yeah. So the first one uh, comes to us from the sketch. Uh, and that's in the United States. And they write, an amazing podcast with great info. Cast Royale is the perfect combination of friendly, informative, and fun. If you play Clash Royale, you need to be listening to this podcast. You'll get better at the game and stay entertained the whole time. I've listened to every episode and have never been disappointed. Also recently joined the Discord and the community there is brilliant and super helpful. Thanks for the great effort and keep up the excellent work, gentlemen. Boom. Boom. Dude, like I read this review and I was just <laughs> like, I couldn't believe the, the kind words that, that were being said. Like, I, as I kept reading, I felt like my, my, the smile on my face was going more and more ear to ear, you know? <laughs> yeah, this, this was a very heartfelt review and we really, really appreciated it. Yeah, no, I couldn't have said it better myself. So Skitch, genuinely appreciate the kind words. Thank you so much. We're glad that you were able to not only enjoy the podcast, but also be a part of the Discord community. We truly have a, an awesome group of people there um, that, again, just want to have fun, learn, and grow together. We host a bunch of tournaments in there. We tell people when, when Casserail has some spots open. So we hope you're having a good time, and, and, and boom. Boom. So do you want to do the next one? Yeah. So the next review is from Simi. Simi. Simi or Simi? Simi Sima. Who got the keys to my bima? <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so this one's from Germany, and they write, good job. Just wanted to say that you're doing a great job, guys. I just discovered you and got hooked instantly. Even though I'm over 4,000 trophies, I still learn a lot and get inspired to build new decks thanks to you two. Keep it up. Yes. Boom. Boom. That's awesome. We love hearing from people who are over 4,000 because, I mean, to be honest, you know, we always try and... We always try to kind of say that we're casual players, but I guess there really is a thing of, like, casually hardcore sometimes maybe a little bit um and it's it's <laughs> how many it's disclaimers nice. do you want to put on that yeah i don't know maybe a couple asterisks at the end um but yeah it, it really is awesome to hear from people that are that high um and you know again simi thank you so much for the kind words uh we could not be more appreciative it's really awesome that we made it all the way to germany germany you've got yeah. a couple of folks from germany Uh huh. Um, and it gets better and better every time we hear from someone. Boom. Mm-hmm. So thanks again. So that pretty much does it for reviews, man. That pretty much does it for episode 31. 31! Mm-hmm. We had no patrons this week or PayPal sponsorships, but that's okay. If you would like to be involved in either one of those things, the information is in our show notes. That's right. And like we mentioned before, if you'd like to reach out to us on Twitter, you can do so by using the handle at Podcast Royale. Make sure you check us out. Completely revamped and rebranded our twitter check it out boom and as always if you would like to email us use 
our snail mail at feedback at castroyalepodcast.com. That's right. And like we mentioned before, if you'd like to become a member of our Discord community, visit us at castroyalepodcast.com slash discord and enter the password legendary, all lowercase letters, legendary. And that will give you access to our Discord community. Yes, and it will also give you the opportunity to learn when there are new spots in our clan. And if you do want to join our clan, please look for an open spot when we uh, do our refresh uh, every Saturday night into Sunday. And just make sure you write podcast in the invitation. That's right. And as always, if you like what we do and like to support us, one way that you can do that is heading over to iTunes and leaving us an iTunes review. It's one of the best ways that you can help us reach more people for whatever way iTunes works. Boom. And then last but not least, we have our community survey uh, so we can learn a little bit more about who is actually listening to our podcast. Um, And this is what helps us kind of figure out what decks we want to feature and build in our deck spotlight. So if you could take a couple minutes, you can fill out the uh, outdated survey now because we're getting new cards. So I, of course, I haven't updated it and I just can't keep up. Eh, that's okay. Whatever. Again, the arenas are correct. That's really all that matters. Boom. Mm-hmm. So if, uh, if we got nothing else to talk about, I'd say uh, this one's in the bag. That pretty much does it, man. Mm-hmm. So until next time, get ready for another hodgepodge of everything! Hodgepodge of everything! Boom! Boom. Bye. Bye. Bye.